0: Hey guys, good morning, Pastor Jeff here again, coming to you from my uh, state-of-the-art studio here in my backyard, hanging out with the birds and the wind chimes and the pool pumps and so forth. It is good to be alive and it is good to know the Lord. And we're switching over today from the second to the third chapter in Galatians and this this chapter is just so chock full of gold, it's a veritable gold mine. We're not going to go far today, in fact, just one verse, just the first verse of chapter three here, where Paul says, after dealing with his own life in Christ and demonstrating to them how he is dead to all else, been crucified with Christ, that that Jesus has died on the cross for the forgiveness of his sins and to reconcile his life, and that Paul is saying, my own life is gone, I, I only live with him. And so now he, Paul confronts the Galatian, the churches in Galatia, their blurred vision of Jesus that's come from, you know, outside influences. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he says, O foolish Galatians, who has be- bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus was clearly but portrayed among you as crucified? This is... Uh, powerful language, and and, and there's sometimes I like to, in my devotional time, just to look at the words, and the words are so strong here. These are strong, strong words, and they're well-deserved words, and uh, one translation even translates it, oh, you dear idiots of Galatia. But really, in in calling the Galatians foolish, Paul isn't meaning to say that they're um, not able to, that they're morally or mentally deficient, that they're not able to process thought um, that's a different word that he would have used. Uh, Paul uses a word here that has the idea of somebody who is perfectly capable of thinking on their own, but fails to to, to use, to utilize uh, the power that God's given them. That's one of the key issues that exists within the church today is is that um, we pray for God to provide for us. And one of the key ways he provides for us is he gives us a mind to think, and he's implanted within our hearts and minds all of the, the right things things, the truth, and we have to utilize our own powers of perception and Paul is calling them foolish because they're not using their own minds to think through this and the the principles that Paul's referring to here are to things that the Galatians already knew, things they've been taught and knowledge and understanding that they have within them that they're just not using and so that's why he calls them foolish. And he then goes on to say, you know, who has bewitched you? Uh, the idea here is uh, is that the Galatians have come under some sort of spell, and Paul doesn't really mean this literally. I don't think he's literally emphasizing or pointing to witchcraft. The idea here is that their thinking is clouded, again, tied to this foolishness, and it's become unbiblical, that it almost seems that it's so unbiblical that it seems like a spell has been cast over them, and... One of the translations of this word that he uses here, we get we translate as bewitched, is is to put the evil eye on. I, I like this translation of it because I think there's so much visual language here in this first verse and the, the 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 Greeks, the ancient Greeks were accustomed to this idea of falling under a spell that could be cast on somebody by an evil eye. It kind of reminds me of the jungle book and that I can't remember the name of the the snake that's there, but he would sing a song and he would get you to look him in the eye and he would cast a spell on you by hypnotizing his prey with, with his eyes. And um, once you look into that evil eye, you're, you're caught. And, and there's a, uh, the way to overcome the evil eye is simply not to look at it. And in using this phrasing, the, the, that word picture, I think Paul is encouraging the Galatians to turn their eyes away from this wickedness and to just steadfastly fix their eyes on Jesus. Uh, it's it's a really great thing to have a, a soft heart before the Lord, but some of us, you know, have soft hearts, but even softer heads, and that, that that our minds are way too accommodating to wrong thinking or unbiblical ideas, and we don't think things through to see if they're really true. We don't test them according to the Word. And I, I, I have a uh, another podcast I've been doing with Stephanie from our church, serves with FAI, called "The Better Beautiful," and in the, one of the basis Thoughts for that was a vision that I had of that comes from the story of Pinocchio where All of these young foolish boys were were foregoing all of this the sound moral teaching they had for an opportunity to go to Pleasure Island that they were Viewing this place where they could go and do whatever they want with no rules as a place of freedom when in all actuality it was turning them into donkeys and and I think this is something about what Paul's getting at here, where he's saying that taking your eyes off Jesus and and not using your mind and not thinking through these spiritual truths is actually a sign of spiritual immaturity, in the same way that a a, a baby just sticks everything in its mouth, um, and so he's essentially appealing to them to grow up, and uh, he says that Jesus has been portrayed before you it's literally the language here of being written out for your eyes to see it's like a billboard uh, is the imagery we would have here clearly portrayed like a billboard no matter where you go his life is publicly displayed before you and he's saying to the Galatians "I, I, I don't even I can't understand how you could have missed the message because it's certainly been made you know clear to you that who Jesus is and what he did and When you have left behind the message, the simple message of Jesus being crucified, Galatians, you've left the message that I preach to you. This is what Paul's saying. And Paul's saying that my preaching was like setting up posters all over town, that if you just fix your eyes on Jesus, if you see Jesus, you're you're seeing all you need to see. And when we see him clearly, we won't be deceived. Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what good theology looks like, look at Jesus. And so, I think Paul makes this emphatic when he's saying, "You." This has been portrayed before you. He's literally saying that Jesus has been crucified, not literally before them, like they didn't. And in fact. Just because you witnessed the crucifixion doesn't mean you follow Jesus. There were plenty of people who, who actually saw the death of Jesus on the cross, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know. And, and they And most of them only mocked him. And so the idea is here isn't that you've just seen it, but you've actually seen it with your spiritual eyes as well. The truth of the crucifixion that Jesus died for us for the forgiveness of our sins to make our lives right with God. And that is where our righteousness lies. Beloved, there's there's no need to stray from that message ever, that if you would simply fix your eyes on Jesus as the author and perfecter of your faith and not be distracted by false teaching or by the sin in our own lives, but to keep our eyes fixed on the King, there's nothing that can hinder us in that walk. No coronavirus or no uh, no thing of this world can ultimately take us away. So, um, just a simple message from one verse of scripture this morning, Galatians 3.1. I, I pray it's edifying for you. Uh, Jesus, be our vision. Be thou my vision. Uh, Lord, come into our hearts in a way that our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our literal eyes be fixed upon you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, Maranatha.